Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Nearly all of our podcasts are about people who have used medical cannabis to eradicate a deadly ailment. However, we haven't interviewed anyone who has used cannabis for a very short time with excellent results, but not yet received the all clear from their doctor. That's what we're going to do today. Joining us to talk about his testicular cancer is Nigel Yancey and his wife, Marina, who join us from Atlanta, Georgia. Guys, thanks very much for doing this. We appreciate it. Nigel, how long have you taken cannabis oil to deal with your cancer? So I first started taking it, I think it was back in March, like end of March. I was uh, in Seattle to visit my brother and I thought, you know, they have legal cannabis there. So I thought I would go to a dispensary and check it out and bought some CBD oil because I was kind of like thinking, I don't know, I'd read some stuff about CBD. People are always talking about CBD. And so I thought, okay, let me find some CBD oil or whatever. And I found some, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the real deal. And I went to a couple other dispensaries and then I stumbled on the RSO. And I remember years ago, I had read a book about you know different forms of cannabis and the history of it and all sorts of different uses for it and they talked about RSO so it kind of struck my memory and I bought like three small tubes of it and that was like March end of March <clears throat> and so I started taking it orally in really small doses then and then um, it wasn't until May when we got found Corey or Marina found Corey, I should say, somewhere mm-hmm. online. And we started researching it more and bought. And um, anyway, we bought a bunch of oil and I, through Corey's recommendation, started taking it rectally. So I did that in suppositories, measured out about a gram, what I thought was a gram into three different um, doses. And that's what I've been doing since about mid-May. Now, when you were diagnosed with testicular cancer, what stage were you? It was 1B. 1B. So they said it was still contained to the testicle. They didn't see any uh, other lesions or cells in the area. Everything was clean. And so, yeah. You know, you're pretty young. How old are you? 35. 35. Yeah. yeah. And I was diagnosed when I was 32. Now, what are some of the symptoms that you were experiencing uh, before you were diagnosed? You know, I just started to notice that I was having like a, a dull pain, testicular mm-hmm. pain, kind of all the time on and off. At first, I didn't think anything of it. And then it was just persistent. So I thought it, you know, it was kind of unusual. And then there was a couple of times where I maybe I got struck in the testicle and it hurt like way more than it should have, you know. So I just started to, I decided to do a little self-exam to check it out. And I found like a hard node on the left testicle and that was like march of 2020 so what happened then you went to the doctor and you got that diagnosis and i believe that time you underwent treatment is that correct 
Yeah, well, I went to the my primary care doctor and had like an exam with her, and she told me she didn't think anything was wrong. She didn't notice anything unusual, but I persisted, and she referred me to a, a specialist, and I had an ultrasound done. And that's when they found, you know, the lesion in the, in the left testicle. So yeah, it all happened really, really quick. It was like a Wednesday, and by Friday or Saturday, I was like on the operating table, and they took the testicle out, and that was it for the time being. Everything was cool. I did some some follow-up CTs for surveillance for about nine or 10 months. And then, you know, a couple of lymph, lymph nodes in my abdomen showed a recurrence and they were enlarged and they were concerned about it. So at that time, we decided to, through Marina's research, kind of like try to change our life and change our, our, our lifestyle and everything, diet and all that. So we went really hardcore on diet, was juicing a ton of like carrot and beet juice, celery juice, like six, up to 64 ounces a day. Uh, wow. We moved to a raw plant-based diet and was like eating like giant salads and nothing but like raw fruits and vegetables pretty much. And I did that for three months while the doctors were like, hey, you need to come in. We want to do radiation treatment. We're going to you know, help you. You did some natural therapies. And I did, right. I did some natural therapies as well through a, like a naturopath doctor in New Hampshire at the time because we were living in Boston at the time. And, um, so that was like three months of like super crazy hectic life trying to figure it out. And the follow-up CT showed growth. And so, you know, being afraid and mm-hmm. trusting my doctors, we went in and, and I did a month of radiation treatment on the abdomen and pelvic area. And that was in like May of 21. What was that like, Nigel, doing going through that? Yeah, it was um, it was crazy. You know, it was super hectic. Like the whole try, just trying to wrap my head around like changing my lifestyle. First of all, it was like really hard at first, and I kind of resisted it for a while. But then the treatment itself too was was not was no fun. Obviously, I mean, I felt I felt pretty sick, especially for like the first two weeks, two or three weeks. I was really pretty sick, but I felt lucky that I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going through the worst, you know, I saw, I saw people that were going through much worse than me. And so I felt, I felt lucky in that sense, but it was hard. Um, but uh, on the other hand too, I was, it was during COVID. And so I was home, you know, I, for better or for worse, I didn't really have any work. I'm a musician and that was kind of (laughs) like all gone at the time. And so I was home and I was able to handle it pretty well with my family support. Okay, so, so you had this radiation, was that effective then or? Yeah, it, it showed reduction in the lymph node size, you know, and, and the doctors were really positive. And so I went on back on surveillance and it was almost two years and they were like, everything looks good. Actually for a while, they kept telling me, yeah, you know, like they were, they were very vague. And uh, finally I asked like, what's going on exactly? You know, and they told me you're in remission. We don't see anything great but that was that was august of 22 and then by february of 23 i had a new lymph node in the chest so just like that it came back again marina how did you feel uh during nigel's uh battle with this cancer and his chemotherapy well he didn't do the chemo um but when the doctors were pushing the radiation treatment mm-hmm. I just felt like that's not the solution, you know. Um, I, I I knew nothing about nutrition or 
lifestyle or any natural therapist, but it just feel like, you know, that's not how you get rid of cancer permanently. Maybe it's a quick fix. Maybe it'll help not to see the symptoms, but I don't know, deep inside, I just strongly felt like that's not um, what we should do. Mm-hmm. But I, but of course, like Nigel said, it's so the tr- conventional treatment is so promising, especially when, when it comes to testicular cancer. And we felt a little scared and we have a one-year-old boy at the time. <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So it was very emotional, very scary. And we decided to do it. And I, I just, I knew I would support Nigel no matter what, but like I said, I just felt like we need to get to the root cause. We need to just read books uh, and educate ourselves about why it happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what we had, we've been doing since then. And I'm so happy <laughs> now that we got the positive results, but Nigel will talk more about it. Yeah, so I felt devastated. I felt uh, when we found out I was actually pregnant, there was a lot going on. <laughs> and, you know, it was a shock. It, it was shocking. You, you don't expect to get cancer when you're so young. Mm-hmm. I guess I know it happens to people of all ages, but you just never think it will happen to you or your significant other. And it's just, you know, it's... An intense experience. Absolutely. And no, so then, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I was just going to say, and so then it came back again. You had this node show. When when did that happen, Nigel? Second time was in February of this year. Okay. Okay. And this time, this is when you decided to do the cannabis route. Yeah, we dove back into the diet. You know, we kind of we gotten away from that, so we dove back into the raw plant based diet, and then you know getting back on the supplement train and juicing. And then that was one thing that kind of came along in the process as I was thinking of what else can I do was the cannabis oil. And so, yeah. There's been a lot of interest uh, because I posted about you folks yesterday. And some of the questions that are being asked are what were some of the uh, supplements that you did and also what exactly you did in your diet? Yeah. So the diet is um, – totally raw fruits and vegetables, you know, um, making two giant salads a day. So one for lunch, one for dinner and like focusing mainly on the cruciferous vegetables, like broccoli, kale, cabbage, the Brussels sprouts, radishes, all those, those things. We added flaxseed oil and just ground flaxseed to smoothies after a consultation with Dr. Brooke Goldner. She's an MD, but also certified in plant-based nutrition, and she was so helpful to just really help us. Yeah, and then uh, and she through her recommendations too, I moved kind of away from juicing and into um, like more green smoothies. So juicing or making smoothies with uh, with kale and green apples and avocado mainly, and then doing some other other things occasionally. But then the supplements, that's kind of Marina's department. She got all the research and stuff on that, but we were doing, uh, taking beta glucan, taking, uh, vitamin D. We did frankincense oil, sublingual, Mm -hmm. vitamin C, Mm -hmm. um, 
What else? Um, uh, curcumin supplements, uh, colloidal silver. Um, we did ASIC tea. Yeah, tea three times a day. What else? Oh, uh, this was a uh, black seed oil. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think, a black curcumin seed, right? So I was eating the oil of that once a day as well. And things like iodine. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, iodine. Yeah. Black seed oil is an acquired taste, isn't it? It is. It's thick, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really, really good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, we'd read about it a while back and I, I don't think I ever took it, but then I was hanging out with a friend of mine and we get to talk and he's like, oh man, I take that stuff every day. Hook yep. me up with some. So he gave me some <laughs> and then, and then we ordered some later on. So I've been, been on that since about April. Yeah. It's another supplement you should consider is selenium which uh, helps with uh, cancer prevention. Mm. And it's also good for prostate issues. Okay. You're still pretty young for that. So, uh, but yeah, it's, I think, you know, you're really on the right track. Did you, uh, did you find your weight fluctuate at all? Definitely. The first time we went on the plant-based diet, which is in January of 2021, I lost between January and July, I lost 50 pounds. 50 wow. pounds? Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. was that guy you married, Maria? Is <laughs> <laughs> <This> it <is> chunky? <laughs> no, it's, it's so crazy to look at the old pictures now. Yeah. yeah. And that's stayed pretty consistent since then. Because looking at you now, you look, uh, you look thin and fit. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Feeling really good. Yeah. How much how much oil were you doing a day? And are you doing a day? You're continuing to do that. Yeah, I think if I've measured correctly, it should be about a gram a day. A, a day. And are you doing any of that by mouth or are you doing that all rectally? All rectally. I was trying to do some orally and it was just I you know, yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Nigel, it's it's fun, Nigel. Come on. It is, man. I used to do it a lot back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, Ian was super straight till he met me, but you know now he's, <laughs> That's he's right. just falling right off the train. Um, yeah. So you were just doing it rectally morning, afternoon, evening then? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I'll take an oral dose at night, but I haven't been doing that recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And did you start right out at a gram a day? Once I talked to you, and I'm, yes. And the first time I was like a little tentative, but I did it and it was like all good. And you were fine, yeah. Maybe explain to listeners uh, what the results were of your scan after being on, on this for two months. Yeah, so the scan in February, I had a, a lymph node that measured 2.1 centimeters by two and a half centimeters. And the scan that just came back just two days ago showed it was 0.8 centimeters by 1.4. Wow. Yeah. And there was another lymph node that right. that has been stable for a while, and, and that one also started shrinking. Right. That was a smaller one. So they actually didn't even tell me about that one for a long time. Apparently, it had been there for a while. Wow. Uh, 11 millimeters, and that's down to nine. Wow. Yeah. And that's in two months. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, since February. So. Yeah. What did your doctor have to say about that, if anything at all? Uh, nothing yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, I haven't spoken to my doctor since February. They had a nurse 
or I don't even know if she's a nurse or just a customer service rep. Somebody called me and told me that the scan was good in a really kind of roundabout way, which is really kind of weird. But uh, haven't heard anything from the doctor. I have an appointment next month with a nurse practitioner. So that's kind of what I'm dealing with. When you say they told you in a roundabout way, what do you mean exactly? Well, they left a message on my phone saying that we wanted to schedule an appointment, a follow-up appointment for you for a survivorship surveillance. And then survivorship like, surveillance. That's what they said, yeah. And then she was like, I'm about to hang up. And then she go, oh, yeah, by the way, the scan looked great. Okay, see you later. Bye. <laughs> survivorship surveillance. I've never heard that term before. Yeah, what does it mean? I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> well, I think it just means surveillance. I actually looked it up and it's just surveillance, but it's interesting the vocabulary they use. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I, I'm a linguist, so mm-hmm. I really look into words and how they affect us. And like, what for? It's not survivorship, it's just surveillance, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, does your doctor know the protocol you're on with respect to cannabis? No, no. Not what do you think? I, go ahead. What do you think they'd say if they found out? I don't know. I mean, she's pretty like hands off, so I'm. She uh, might probably just say oh, okay, you know. But um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I told her what my plans were and kind of what I had done before, you know, and. She was like, okay, well, that's all great, but you know, I don't know anything about that. And that's kind of where she left it. But she was really kind of respectful of what I wanted to do, which I appreciated. But at the same time, there's been like zero interaction. So it's, you know, it's been weird. Boy, I would have thought that the doctor would have given you a call personally to say, listen, thought- your scans are great. Yeah. What are you doing? I would have thought that too, you know. But uh, the system I'm in apparently is just leave any room for that. Or maybe it's just the doctor. I don't know. Well, I think based on the interviews we've done with people all over the world, it's prevalent everywhere. Is it? Yeah. 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 It's not only in the U.S., Canada, Europe, but it's everywhere. If doctors, if doctors are unaware of the medical benefits of cannabis, they will, some of them will say, well, continue doing what you're doing, or others will be quite rude about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, uh, you're, you're episode number 388, and we've yeah. interviewed, uh, you know, hundreds of people whose doctors were, how do, you, how do we say this, Corey? They were dismissive mm-hmm. of what the person was, was doing. Mm-hmm. And other doctors kind of embrace it, want to learn more. And uh, those are very rare. Yeah. But I think, it's changing. More people are becoming aware of the medical benefits of cannabis because I think more people are aware of the hazards of chemo and radiation. Yeah. Did radiation play any, uh, have any negative effects on you, Nigel? Um, I mean, definitely like short term, I definitely I was, wasn't feeling well. You know, I was feeling sick and tired and um, a lot of stomach cramping actually. I had some pretty intense stomach cramping, loose bowels, things like that. Yeah. And I lost some, you know, burned off the hair, my stomach and chest for a little while. But uh, other than that, thankfully, no, 
yes. you know. You were doing the acupuncture treatment at the time, which I, I feel like helped uh, with the side effects. Nigel, did you do things to detoxify your body? Yes. So I did see a naturopath here in Atlanta over the past couple months as well. And we've been doing some detox therapies there. I've been doing like colonics once a week. And I've been doing hyperbaric oxygen chamber. That's not, I don't know if that's a detox thing, but I've been doing nope, that. No, that's one of the things you're doing, which is great. Yeah. And then I've done like a mineral detox. It's like a mineral foot bath that's supposed to help draw toxins out of your feet. And uh, charcoal, hydro charcoal therapy, they were, she was using charcoal mixed with herbs, one of them being mistletoe, and like pasting that like, all over the uh, my genitals, the original affected area, and having me just kind of lay with that for a while. And then I was drinking like bentonite clay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that in a while, but I was doing that in the beginning. And um, that's probably about it. Maybe take, taking some like baking soda and Epsom salt baths, things like that. Yeah. 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 Now, you mentioned you're doing colloidal silver. It's interesting. Almost all the cancer patients that I'm working with now do that. And for whatever reason, we're seeing very, very good results with the combination. How much colloidal silver do you take? About four ounces a day. Four ounces, yeah. Breakfast, lunch, supper, nighttime spread out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually I've been doing it like two times a day just because it's easier for me. You know, yeah. Yeah. Do it that yeah. I forget. <laughs> forget so for anybody listening with colloidal silver, two things, it's more important to have a continual flow than it is volume. Okay. So when you're, when you're looking at those colloidal silvers in the store that say 500 PPM or 50 PPM, and you've got one at home that's 20, don't be thinking that that one's way stronger because it's 500 because it's not. So with colloidal silver, the higher the number, the weaker it is. Hmm. I believe the product you're taking is 20 ppm. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I she actually picked it up from a friend. <laughs> okay. It's probably around 20 ppm because when we spoke, I would have mentioned that to Marina. Yeah. yeah. 20 ppm or lower. So, And Maria, so, Marina, so you started getting into nutrition yeah, you know, I used to have health issues myself. I had severe endometriosis and went through surgery. So the doctors recommended to stay on birth control pills just to regulate my hormones for a while. And, and that's when I started feeling like that's not the solution and I need to figure out why I have it and how to truly, you know, heal from this. So that's when I went into nutrition and uh, I actually, I ended up um, taking uh, plant-based nutrition courses at Cornell University. And I consulted some friends and uh, family members. Uh, I would like to take it to the next level and um, help more people. So, yes. And, and then when Nigel was diagnosed, I just started reading as, as much <laughs> as I could to learn everything there is there <laughs> about alternative um, therapies because I, I just didn't want them to poison my husband. <laughs> right. So you, so you have a blog that people can access if they're interested in nutrition? 
Yeah, I started a um, blog on Instagram. It's Wellness by Marina Yancy. So sometimes I will post recipes or some, you know, health tips. Um, so yeah, if you know someone is interested, they can follow me. Thank you. Marina, when you and Nigel went on this plant-based diet and uh, Nigel said he'd lost 50 pounds, how did it impact you personally? Did you lose weight as well or were you thin at the time? You know, I actually did lose weight as well just because I wanted to support him and I ate exactly what he was eating. But however, I was breastfeeding at the time. So I I was making sure, you know, I would get Mm -hmm. something more nutritionally dense. Uh, But I definitely lost some weight. And, you know, seeing Nigel thin um, sometimes would would make me feel sad. But (laughs) 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 because he was so... Then, however, now I know that actually we store a lot of toxins in our fat, and it's not a bad thing to lose weight. It's like it may look scary, but it's not bad for you. It's actually very beneficial. <laughs> and I know that now you know he's coming back to his normal weight, and it's all good. Not a problem. Yeah, Corey and I have had many discussions on uh, what people eat and uh, the junk they eat. And when we were in school, uh, I think there was only, when I was in school, there was only one kid that was overweight. We were all just skinny as rails. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had breakfast in the morning, went out and played until supper time. And then when supper was finished, we went out and played until it was dark and then came home. Yeah. And then started smoking when I was 11. (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah marina have you taken cannabis at all you know i haven't i did try just one time maybe a month ago but just a tiny little bit (laughs) honestly i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) because i i just i want to be in control of everything (laughs) and i feel like if i take Maybe too much. I I'm gonna completely lose it. <laughs> but I know I should try it. I know it's good for me. Well, you have a baby, so you have responsibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you both uh, feeling optimistic about uh, eradicating this, getting rid of this uh, cancer? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm feeling very inspired from the results this week. And just just feel like I want to double down and, and keep doing it and do more. Yeah, you're you're on the right track. You know, I think Corey's helped thousands of people around the world, and uh, I think you know, following her advice, um, you'll be fine. Oh, we're so grateful for Corey. She she's just amazing. Um, you know, it's it's a miracle how I found her. I was so we follow we're following um, the Square One program. I don't know if you're familiar, but I'm on Facebook in this uh, support group, Square One, Chris Bit Cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I shared our story and people were giving advice. And, and one member said that we should check out cannabis oil. And he mentioned Corey's 
name and I just found her on Facebook and connected with her and she was so great. She responded right away and <laughs> she she sent me voice some voicemails and I was just like, wow, she can't believe she, she got back to me. Yeah, very helpful. And and then we were so lucky to speak to her and she she guided us through the process because we knew so little about how to take it, how much um, to how take. much to take and yeah. And then the website that we we were um, checking out, it recommended to take it orally. But Corey said, no, like you don't have to be stoned. You can take it rectally. <laughs> and yeah. it, it worked. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys for those kind words. But look what you guys are doing. You're paying it forward. I can absolutely guarantee you that your interview is going to change somebody's life. Absolutely. Not right yet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, every interview we do, um, I think, if it if it impacts one person around the world, then it's successful. And uh, we've had many people uh, tell us. Let me tell you a story, and I've told this on podcast before. When I was in commercial radio and doing a talk show here, I interviewed Corey. Used to interview Corey once a month. And we had a woman in uh, Ontario, Eastern Canada, send us an email that she was in intensive care with her, her daughter who was dying. And as a result of listening to us, um, got her daughter on oil. And thank you very much for saving my daughter's life. And I read that email uh, live in the air without pre-reading it. And it had such an emotional impact on me. It was absolutely incredible to know that uh, the information that you've shared with people mm -hmm. has saved someone's life. And that's what we try and do here. Uh -huh. uh, we just, we're trying to help people around the world and have them have a better understanding of the medical benefits of cannabis. And I think you two are perfect, perfect examples of that. I mean, it's great. I think, yeah, uh, you know, you'll, uh, you'll live to a ripe old age. You'll have gray hair like me one day, Nigel. Great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> he already does a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for doing this, guys. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you very, very much. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, 
please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.